Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Come on, let's just close our eyes right now and let's believe God for miracles this morning. Let's believe God for pain leaving this morning. Come on, are you with me? Are you alive this morning, church? Come on. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm asking that you release the healing power of your name to come be present at RCC this morning. I'm asking you in Jesus' name that you release everyone from the bondage of sickness and pain in Jesus' name. And I thank you for what you're going to do in this hour and build our faith. And everyone said, and everyone said, amen. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. It won't be too long because I really want to give time at the end to minister. How many of you are, your faith is stirred? Actually, how many of you have a testimony of physical healing? That God has healed you at one point in your life. Raise your hand if God has healed you or someone that you know uh, close or, or distant in your life. Okay, so you have to know that we, I can't do this one way. This is a two-way street. I'm asking you to dare to believe God. No matter how many times you've believed God before, I'm asking you to believe God for the supernatural in your life every day. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he doesn't change. The same Jesus that healed 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus that heals today. When do you see, typically, on a Sunday morning service, in our day of cookie-cutter, that's right, I said it, cookie-cutter services, glory to God, nothing against those of you like that, but if, you, if, if we are so concerned about not offending society, we will never contend for demonic activity to come out or for healing to come. Come on, say amen. But Jesus, if he was preaching on a Sunday morning in churches, I guarantee you miracles will happen. Do you know that it's normal to see miracles happen on church service and everyday life? Why do we limit miracles to happening for one special event anointed by this one superstar uh, guy or woman from the Lord? No, this is normal Christianity because Jesus is our healer and his spirit lives in us. Can I hear an amen? Now look at what Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 says because we've been talking about free indeed. Say free indeed about bondage, about fear, about oppression. We talked about overcoming offense. We talked about overcoming demonic addictions. We talked about all kinds of things. We talked about crossing the Jordan last week and our confronting our personal darkness. We could, we've talked about a lot of things, but one, what we have to also talk about when it comes to bondage is that sickness and disease is bondage. Sickness and disease is not pleasurous at all. You have to understand that if you're in this room, whether you got healed or not, or you're sick or not, sickness is bondage. And I want you to see Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Watch what it says. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 says this. Then Jesus went about all the cities and all the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I want you to highlight this in your Bibles if you have a capability of highlighting in this stage of technology. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus went to each city, watch this, and healed every sickness. Say every sickness. Say every disease among the people. This is so significant to understand if you're going to contend for true freedom. Because if you only satisfy for, satisfied for spiritual freedom and not physical freedom, then you're still in bondage. Oh, that's good. 
If you're only contending for your heart to be right, and that's good, you need to contend. But if your heart is right, but your body is powerless because of sickness, it's going to greatly hinder the call of God in your life because you need your health to do the call of God in your life, to do your business, to, to take care of your family. And so you have to understand, this is so good news because Jesus did not say, oh, I feel like preaching early this morning. He didn't say he healed some with sickness. He didn't say he se- the majority got healed of every uh, sickness and every disease. Most you know, uh, churches nowadays will say, well, we, we celebrate because 90% of people got healed, 10% didn't. Well, in Jesus' day, the Bible says, and he healed every sickness. And he healed every disease. The, Greek, the word every in Greek means every. It means every disease. Good, small, strong, weak, incurable, curable. It doesn't matter. He healed them all. Which makes me believe this is not only good news for you and I. It's a theological issue right now. Because once you know this, then you know that it's not God's will for you to be sick and afflicted by disease or torment and bondage when it comes to sickness and pain. Now, you may not have a disease, and you may, not have a, uh, you may not have a chronic sickness, but you may have an affliction. And an affliction is something in an area of your body that you're constantly in pain. There's, a, there's joint issues, stomach issues, intestinal issues. And there's some that have sickness. There's some that have disease. There's some that have incurable disease. But what I want you to see this morning, guys, is that all oppression, I'm not, now listen, I'm going to sound old-fashioned in just a moment, but all oppression is from the devil. That's right, I use the word devil. <laughs> All oppression is from the devil. Now, I know that some Christians blame the devil for everything. I'm not that type of Christian. But I am telling you that all oppression, say all oppression, is from the devil. Now, I'm not saying that if you have a sickness, you're possessed by the devil. I'm not saying that even all sickness that you may have currently, the devil just did it right now. Because there's some sickness that we have that we have induced ourselves because we're not taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Some sickness, some sickness is, is self-induced and it's not just the devil. But let me tell you something. It's safe to say that all oppression is from the devil. And it's safe to say that sickness is in the oppression realm. Why? Because I've never seen someone afflicted with sickness or disease that called it pleasurous or beneficial. I've never seen someone say, boy, I am so happy with this sickness. The devil didn't give it to me, so praise God, I'm happy with it. No, every sickness, every affliction, every disease is oppression, and all oppression is from the devil. You say, oh, Pastor George, come on, you're being a little too spiritual. No, 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 I'm not. The book of Acts actually helps us understand that oppression is from the devil, and God came to heal all kinds of oppression, including healing from sickness and disease. Look at Acts chapter, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures today, so write them down. Some of them are very famous, but I'm doing it to build your faith. Can I hear an amen? Acts chapter 10, 36 says this, the word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Oh, I love this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. And power, who went around doing good, watch this, healing all that were oppressed by who? By who? Oh, Pastor George, you can't say devil for everything. No, Jesus said he healed all who were oppressed by the devil. 
That means all oppression is from the devil. You have to solidify that. You have to solidify that because if you don't, you will tolerate sickness instead of eliminating sickness. We're not called to tolerate sickness or cope with sickness. We're called to cast it out. But the problem is our theology is wrong. We say, well, that's just the cards that God gave us. No, what made these great men of faith like Smith Wigglesworth, like A.A. Allen, like Amy Semple McPherson, like T.L. Osborne, the reason why these great men of faith were so successful is because they treated all sickness as oppression and they had the same hatred of sickness like we do for witchcraft and the bad sins like the occult or magic or pornography. They had that same holy hatred like you know right now we say witchcraft all the christians be like oh no 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 that's the devil witchcraft and the occult that's dark like oh that's so obvious but we tolerate other things like well that's not that bad but the reason why these great men of faith were so successful in their ministries is because they treated sickness with the same holy hatred hear me now the same holy hatred as they would look at witchcraft or pornography see all the big sins They looked at sickness like, no, I am angry that sickness is in the body and I'm going after it because this is from the enemy. If you don't look at sickness that way with a holy hatred, you will tolerate it in your body. I'm not saying that you don't have faith. I'm not saying that you haven't tried. I haven't said that you haven't prayed. Don't get me wrong, but you need to look at sickness as something that is not your friend. You need to look at sickness and disease and even affliction as something is not right. If you settle with just even minor pain and say, well, well, that's okay. I understand we all go through afflictions. I understand we all go through trials, but you don't have to settle for the pain. You could take it. And you know how you do it? You use your mouth and you use your faith. Because Jesus is waiting on you to activate his word. You have to understand that. Jesus doesn't go after the offspring of your pain or the branch of your pain. What I love about Jesus is he goes to the root of all sickness and he goes to the root of all pain and he goes to the root of all disease. And you know what the root is called in the Bible? Those of you who know uh, some, some Bible, it's called infirmity. And in some cases, the Bible calls it a spirit of infirmity. Now, what is infirmity? Infirmity is the root, the branch or the offspring of infirmity is a sickness. For instance, the word infirmity in the Greek means literally to be feeble, to be weak, to be without strength, watches, and to be powerless in a certain area of your life. Powerless. How many have felt powerless because of sickness? Everyone's totally healed, never had sickness before in their life. That's great. Powerless. The word infirmity means powerless. And look at what Jesus says in Luke chapter 13. I feel the Holy Spirit here. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to stir up your faith this morning to believe God. If you're waiting for an anointing man of God to come in and bring healing to you, you came to the wrong service. I'm going to give you the tools so you can receive your healing. Because Jesus is the healer, not Pastor George, not Pastor Benny, not all these people. We're tools to lift you up in your faith to look at the healer and stop, stop settling for the darkness and the bondage of sickness and go after it and say, I shall be healed because I know I can be. Luke chapter 13 says this. Now, uh, verse, th- verse 10. It says, now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. You know, if I could have Christina come soon, I just feel the Holy Spirit. Sorry, Christina, I know you just sat down. 
but I just feel the Lord. Now, as he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman with what? Come on, speak to me. Come on, we're going to teach you something this morning. There was a woman with what? A what? A spirit of infirmity. Eighteen years. Could you imagine that? Now watch this. And was bent over and in could no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. Look at me. The root was infirmity. The branch was bending over. Do you understand that? That He didn't say, woman, you are loose from the spirit of bending over. He he he, He saw the symptom that this woman had this nerve problem that she could not put her back up no matter what. She had a neurological disease. That she could not put her, her, her back straight, her muscles or whatever. And Jesus recognized that. And he didn't just say, the spirit of bending over come out. He called the symptom. He ignored the symptom. And he called, went straight to the root. And he said, you spirit of infirmity, you are loosed from that. And the Bible says, the, after the root was dealt with, the infirmity, by a command, that's a key, by a command of the word of the Lord. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus cast out demons with a word? You know, us Christians, we take five minutes, ten minutes to get all worked up. We get sweaty. We get more sweaty than the guy receiving healing. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I too. And they're not going to heal. Like, oh, God. And we work ourselves up. And the guy's like, chill out, dude. I'll come back later to get my healing over here. You know what Jesus did? Out. Ah! Healed. Bye-bye. He didn't say bye-bye, but. The Bible says he casts out demons with a word. You know why? Because authority has nothing to do with longevity of your words. Authority has nothing to do with volume. And it has nothing to do with your charisma or your background. It has to do with faith in God. The, the root was infirmity. There's people that have infirmity this morning that we're going to release and we're going to confess. And we're not going to say please go. We're going to commend it to go. Jesus didn't say, can you please leave? He goes, he cursed the spirit of infirmity. We could have something in the background, please. Jesus is looking for faith. Say faith. Say Jesus is looking for my faith in him and his ability to heal. I'm going to say that again. Jesus is looking for people to have faith in him and his ability to heal because faith in his ability to heal, please hear me now, will drastically, will drastically determine the level of healing that you get. You have to know that these great generals of the faith, they operated by one principle. They had great faith. They weren't the greatest eloquent speakers. As a matter of fact, Smith Wigglesworth had like a fourth grade education, and all he read was the Bible. They tried to give him newspapers, and they said, no, I just want to read the Bible. And he, he had like a fourth grade education, got saved late. And you know what? He, if, you, if you've heard him stories of him speak, he had a rough English language. He was not eloquent at all. But you know what he would do? He would get up, and I'm not saying I'm going to do this. He had such a hatred for sickness, he would punch people that had cancer. I'm not going to punch you. But he, he called, you foul spirit of cancer, and he would literally punch the tumors of people, and tumors would fall off. Tumors would fall off. Now, you know why he did that? 
If you did that today, we get sued. But he had such faith in God that he said, I'm going to attack it, and I, I hate sickness. I hate the way that sickness is afflicting the people of God. So he punched, he didn't punch that, he punched the tumor, and the tumor would fall off. Church, are you hearing me this morning? You have to realize that Jesus is looking for faith in his ability to heal. Say faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, you can't move mountains. But here's the good news. You don't need a lot of big faith. You just need a mustard seed. You have a mustard seed. The size of a mustard seed is the end of a pin needle. And the Lord says, you're not going to move little things. You're going to move mountains with a, 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 a mustard seed faith. Every one of you here has more than a mustard seed faith. I know you do because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Look at what Matthew 9 says. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. How many getting encouraged? While he spoke these things, verse 18. Matthew 9, 18 is going to be up on the screen. When Jesus spoke these things to them, behold, the ruler came and worshipped him. Watch this, guys. Saying, my daughter has just died. But come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly, a woman who had, you know the story, had a flow of blood. A flow of blood. Only women can understand this. A flow of blood for 12 years. Could you imagine that? Twelve, a 12-year flow of blood without stopping. You get cranky when you got five days of unstoppable things. I mean, man, man can't relate to that, but husband can, can feel the brunt of those things. You see what I'm saying? Like, what's cranky? Oh, okay, is that it's Aunt Flo? Aunt Flo came to town. <laughs> let, me, let me get back in the spirit here. For, <laughs> so look, 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 look. A flow of blood for 12 years came from behind him and touched him. Watch this. For she said to herself. See, sometimes what we think is our thoughts is actually faith arising. Sometimes if you just convert your thoughts into faith, if you just, man, if I, if, I, if I could just get close to him, and it's just a thought, if I could just touch his, his, his garment, I will be made whole. What made her think that? In his ability to heal. It wasn't some formula. She knew that Jesus, and the Bible says that the people were thronging him, touching him all around. So that means people were already touching him. Say touching him. But they were touching him, but they weren't, there was no account of people getting healed. But one person was desperate. She had faith. Say faith. And she said, if I could just touch the hem of a garment, I'll be healed. Touch the hem of his garment and the Bible in another, in another I'm going to continue reading, and in another gospel says he stopped and said, wait a minute, someone touched me. And I could understand. If I was a disciple, I'll be just like that. I'm like, what is he saying? Everyone's touching you. He goes, no, someone touched me. Power came out of me because faith drew that power out of me. It wasn't the people that touched him that made them whole. It was the faith that made them whole. Now, I'm going to prove it to you. Keep going. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, watch this, be a good cheer, daughter. Your faith. Hello? Not the man of God's faith. Not my faith. Jesus didn't say, my faith has made you whole. He said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was well from that hour. Now look just a couple of verses down in verse 27. Follow me. 
Verse 27, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men, I could go, oh, every story, Jesus is healing people. Two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Watch this, guys. It's significant. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? My God. He said, do you believe that I'm able to heal you from an incurable disease? You know what I hear the Lord saying to you this morning? Look at your disease. Look at your affliction right now. Look at your pain right now. Look at your, your, the sickness that you or your family have. Not look at it as far as, as far as worshiping it, but look at it and pay attention to it for just a second. Here's my question to you. Do you believe that Jesus is able to do this? Do you believe that Jesus is able to heal leukemia? Do you feel that he's able to heal cancer? And I know you do but I'm refreshing your faith so you could contend for it according to Scripture, that you're not messed up. You're actually on the right track. It just hasn't manifested yet. But you keep on confessing. You keep on believing. You keep on declaring. And suddenly, the Lord is going to rise on healing wings because he's the balm of Gilead. He's the healer. He's the great physician. He says, watch this, watch this. And he touched their eyes saying, according to what? Again. According to your faith, so let it be done to you. And their eyes were open. Look at me. Look at me. Remember, I'm going to tell you a couple stories now to build your faith. Remember a couple weeks ago when I talked to you about the, the Jesus and I talked to you about how he cursed the fig tree because it was unfruitful. And remember when I told you that the disciples were freaking out because it's not supposed to curse that fast? The very next day, all the, all the leaves, all the branches were shriveled un undeniably to the root. It takes several weeks. If you know anything about trees, when you poison a tree, it, it takes several weeks, sometimes a month for it to shrivel up. It was shriveled up the very next day. And the disciples were like, how did you do that? And you know what the response of Jesus was? Have faith in God. In other words, he said, it's, it's not because I'm a big shot. It's not because I'm just Jesus, the, the, the son of God. He said, have faith in God and you could do what I do. He said, have faith in God. Say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. How about another example? When you have Mary, and you have Martha, and you have Lazarus, and they were in the inner circle of Jesus. They were like his top three, top four, top five people that, he, that hung around Jesus. He was, the Bible says he was actually very close to them. It came a time where Lazarus became very ill, very sick. Hear me. Because we're contending for, for, for healing. He became very sick. He became very ill. And he ultimately died. Jesus went and it took a, a couple of days journey to get to the place. And the Bible says that four days later he appeared on the scene. This is a side note on purpose. I'm, I'm just going to, that's just, just to show, show his glory. He waited and he went there. And when he got on the scene, Mary said this. Mary said, listen, Jesus crying. If you would have been here, my brother would have died. Why didn't you come earlier? And he said, oh, watch this. I love this. He goes, show me the tomb. Jesus is not intimidated by the degree of your sickness. Here is a guy who was dead four days. And Martha said, listen, let's just grieve over him. It's too late. Actually, Martha was in the grieving stage. And she was not expecting him to be healed. Because he says, Jesus, don't bother. There's already a stench. There's already a stinking body because of decay, because the organs had stopped working for four days. The, the, the body was already self-decomposing. 
She goes, it's okay, don't worry, she's crying. And you know what Jesus said? He didn't say, oh, okay, let's just grieve, let's just have a funeral service. He goes, where did you lay him? He's not intimidated by the death of four days. And then he said this. He turned around and he goes, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? In John chapter 11 it says, didn't I tell you, if you just believe, you will see the glory of God. And then you know what happened next. I don't have to tell you. He said, Lazarus come forth and history happened. And Jesus rose somebody from the dead that was in there for four days. Because listen, your faith has the ability, listen, if you witness a miracle or you experience a miracle, your faith has the ability to bring healing to others and even bring salvation because of faith. Hear me now, I'm going to give you some stories to build your faith. There's this amazing story of a man named Pablito. Pablito, some of you guys know who he is, you've heard of him. I've had, I, had, I had the privilege of meeting him. He's a short man, looked like a little Moses, and he just, he was so confident. He just, nothing bothered him. He's like, it's okay, it's just the devil, no worries. I remember he would put his hand on me one time. When the very first time I saw a demon manifest, I was freaking out. And he gently came behind me and says, the sangre de Jesus, <laughs> the blood of Jesus. I'm like, okay. And then, <laughs> but it became worse because he said, the sangre de Jesus, and I said, the blood of Jesus. And I go, Rah! I'm like, oh, what do I do? And this was in the early 90s. Well, he's the past, he was a pastor of Waldemar and, and Madeline. He's a spiritual, he was the spiritual mentor and discipler of, of, of Waldemar. And in 1950, how many Puerto Ricans we got in the house? 1950, T.L. Osborne went to Ponce, Puerto Rico to hold a healing miracle crusade. And he held a miracle crusade, and in that time, there was no internet, so there was not a lot of publicity. And so they had to rent a, the a small theater to have this healing service. Now watch this. Th these were giants of the faith that said, it don't matter if I feel anything, sickness has to go. And so they had this healing service in this theater, and in this theater, there was a 16-year-old girl that was completely paralyzed from the head down, and she was in the wheelchair, and the Holy Spirit came upon T.L. Osborne and, said, and looked at her and said, do you believe that God is able to raise you up and heal you? She said yes. She, he grabbed her from the stories I've, 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 give me your finger. He grabbed her, well, you're not a girl, so let me go. He, he grabbed her by the finger, and finger like this, and lifted her up. And as she got up, strength became into her body. She got completely healed. She started praising God. The people went in an uproar. She got completely healed because of this. Now watch. I'm talking about faith has the power to do something, right? The next couple of days, there was such a roar in Puerto Rico that they had to, they had to uh, rent a baseball stadium. So in the baseball stadium in the 1950s, you have to understand, that place was packed out. Well, Pablito, the people that we know, Okay, I'm talking about someone that we know in the flesh, not just someone out there in the distance like this big hero in the faith. Pablito was not saved. He was not saved. He was not he, living for God. And he saw this man that, his name is, is not important, but he saw this man who was begging, almost like the, the Bible days. He was a beggar. He got, watch this, guys. He got, I want you to hear this. He got shot in the spine and destroyed and shattered the spinal column and the nerves and all the endings in there that he was immediately paralyzed. And Pablito would see this guy in Ponce begging before he was saved. He would see him begging all the time. And he had to drag himself because he was completely paralyzed. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? I said, are you hearing me? There's nothing too difficult for God. 
completely paralyzed because he got sh- his spine got shattered. And his hands were shaking because he would try to commit suicide and he couldn't do it. He came to this crusade in the baseball stadium and Pablito happened to be there. And he was just there in a the crowd trying to spectate what's happening with all these people. When suddenly the Holy Spirit started moving in the crowd and Teal Osborne says, said, the Holy Spirit is beginning to move among the people. And a few minutes after he said that, without nobody laying hands on him, the power of God, like lightning bolt, zapped this man, beggar, in the wheelchair, and he flipped three times in the air. Imagine that. Flipped three, boom, flipped three times in the air, landed on his feet. Immediately, strength came into his body, into his bones, and he began to walk, this man. He began to walk all over, and the power of God healed him. And because he saw a miracle, he got, he got supernaturally filled with the awe of God, and he rushed to the altar and gave his life to Jesus because someone had faith to believe in miracles. And miracles, because miracles, when it happens, can convince the unbeliever, God is real. And because of that testimony, about 28 churches were planted just by that man, Pablito. And many lives, including mine and him, were affected because of one man. And he was there, and you know how he got saved? He saw a miracle. He saw, what would you do if you saw somebody begging on, and then the power of God zaps him, he flips three times and lands on his feet and gets, starts walking. What would that do to your walk with God? I can say testimonies about my life and about the ministry that God is giving me when I've stepped out in faith and not, and, and not felt anything. I remember several years ago I was preaching at a church in, 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 um, in I think, Sebring area, and there was a man I called for healing of the back. And this man, I, didn't know, I, had, I had no idea how significant the pain is. See, sometimes it's, it's good that we don't know the severity of it because it will hinder our faith. We could believe for a headache, but don't tell me to pray for cancer because my faith is not. No, 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 no. Jesus is the same for headaches and for cancer. He doesn't have a different Jesus. And I remember praying for a guy who's had a, 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 a back problem. I laid hands on the guys. He instantly got healed. What I didn't know is that he had titanium rods in his in his uh, spinal cord that he was in pain for over 15 years. All I did was lay hands on him and kept moving. I didn't stay long in that. Five minutes later, he's going like this. He goes, I have no more pain. His wife is crying. She goes, he has not been able to do that for 15 years. And one of my favorite stories, my wife is here, and I don't take credit for this. I'm just part of the story because I want to make sure I say it right, and I'm not taking credit for that. But I was gripped with intercession. There was one day that this this baby called Wesley. It's Wesley, right? Baby Wesley. And remember, I remember when she was working that she got a, a phone call from one of her uh, friends and said, please pray. My baby, for some reason, four years old, is in a comatose state. Something happened in the classroom that he was not waking up. Could you imagine when your baby has, has that? She wasn't waking up. And for some reason, a spirit of intercession came on me. It was like 12 at night. And I said, no, this baby is not dying. No, it's not happening. And that, that, that rarely happens to me with someone that I don't know. I didn't even know. And I just went to town. I went to pray. And I, and I said, tell her that I want to visit the hospital tomorrow. I want to pray. I want to pray for this boy to come out of the comatose state. And, and I, look, I was determined to, bring, to resurrect that boy. I wasn't coming to, get, to be cute. I know a lot of people say, oh, that's so nice of him. I thank God that you say that's nice. I'm not trying to be nice. I'm trying to resurrect your boy through the name of the Lord. And I came, and you should have seen, I came that day. And when I came that day, I remember, and I'm almost done. 
And I remember saying to myself, oh my God, what is happening? Because tubes all over his body. It could be intimidating when you see that kind of sickness. And I started weeping. And there must have been eight different tubes out of his head and his body. And, he, and also the people were surrounding him. And I came in there full of faith. And I said, I want to pray for your boy. Oh, that's nice of you. No, I want to pray for healing. And I began to pray for healing. And I began to pray and to curse that sickness. And I began to pray that God will release him from that comatose state. And I remember what I did. I went to that boy. I'll never forget this. And he's like this. Like, like this. And I whispered in his ear. I didn't care if he, if he heard me or not. I go, you will walk in the name of Jesus. You will wake up. Do you understand me? And all of a sudden he goes. I go, did you see that? Did you see what just happened? And the, the family goes, yes. I go, he nodded yes when I, when I said, you're going to walk. Do you understand me? You will be healed, right? I began to pray. I mean, loud. You know me, I pray loud. <laughs> and I began to cast that thing out. The doctor came in and he said, hey, listen, we have to do some, some procedures on him. He was out for a good while. A couple of moments, I don't know the exact time frame, after I left the building, the little baby went like this. And he woke up suddenly from his comatose state and he was totally healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I'm not saying it was because of me. It's because I had a part of the story because of faith. Because of faith, I was joining other people's faith and that faith filled the room and I said, you will heal. You will be healed. You need to start commanding sickness to go instead of asking sickness to go. You need to start saying, it doesn't matter how I feel. We are the chosen generation who are called by God and all sickness is bondage and all disease is bondage and we are believing for you and I to be completely healed from all kind of bondage. And I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Your faith, say my faith, has the ability to not only bring healing to me, but bring healing to others. Say that with me. Say, my faith has the ability to not only bring healing to me, but to bring healing to others. Because some people are so sick, some people are so afflicted that they don't have faith for themselves. So there has to be people around them that are full of faith so they can believe for them. I want you to see something in Scripture that you've probably never seen. Very popular. Mark chapter 2, and then we're going to pray. Mark chapter 2. Look at this. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. It says, again, Jesus entered Capernaum. I want the worship team to come up, please. The full worship team. And he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Jesus is in the house. Immediately, many came together and gathered to him, so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even at the door. So he preached the word to them. Watch this, guys. So they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. I want you to see this. That in this miracle, it wasn't the sick person who believed. It was somebody else that did it for them because they knew they were too weak to believe for themselves. Watch this. And when they could not come near the house of the crowd, the four men, they uncovered the roof. They were so desperate. They uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed, which the paralytic was. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. When Jesus saw Huh? Their faith. He said to the paralytic. They didn't even need healing, but he saw their faith. 
he said to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you. And later in that story, he finally turned to the paralytic and said, take up your bed and walk. Do you know how that started? Because Jesus saw the faith of four radical brothers that said, I'm not going to let my friend die. We're going to believe for his healing. Not one time did Jesus say, I saw the paralytic's faith, and therefore, because of his great faith, I healed him. He said, no, I saw their faith. And he was there like this paralyzed, probably depressed, had no faith in him, but the people around him did. And the Bible says, I have news for you. I feel this from the Holy Spirit. I hear the Lord saying, son, daughter, mama, papa, I see your faith for your children. I see your faith for your loved ones. I see your faith for your friends. And today, you have to understand that there's a promise, and we're closing. There's a promise in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, because you have to understand the promise in order for you to attack it right. The promise of healing is in the Old Testament and in the New Testament almost word for word. Isaiah 53 says this, he was bruised for our iniquities, he was wounded for our, our, uh, he was wounded for our, 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 our sins and the chastisements of our peace was upon him. Then he said this, then he said this, Isaiah, hundreds of years before the cross said, by his stripes we are healed. He was already saying we're there in the moment. He said, by his stripes we are healed. And do you know what 2 Peter says as well, or 1 Peter? It says the same thing, but it says it in past tense. He says, by his stripes you were healed. So in Isaiah, he says, by his stripes you are healed, and it didn't even happen yet. And after it happened, Peter says, by his stripes you were healed. Here is the contention. We either believe that his stripes healed us or we just try to get very analytical with our theological box and say, God doesn't really heal all that. God really doesn't do that today. Well, you know what? You're going to stay that way. But the Lord is trying to tell you today and forever, he is still our healer. He is still our physician and he is still, watch this, very zealous to eradicate all sickness and disease from your body. Now listen, I am believing God with you, but I'm asking you to join with me with your faith. Can you do that? I'm willing to be with you and, and agree with you, but I can't do it by myself. This is not a one-man show, and this is not a leadership show. I'm asking you to dare to believe. I want you all to stand right now. I want everyone to stand. And I want, I want our worship team, we're going to worship with a song here. And then we're going to call those who are afflicted in your body. We're going to pray for you. We're going to have you lay hands on the part of your body that's afflicted, and we are going to believe for healing. How many of you are, are, are anticipating healing in your life? Guys, can I lovingly say something to you? You need to shake yourself today from, the, from this, this aura of, of just deadness that you have. Stir yourself up. The Bible says in your most holy faith. Stir yourself up. Dare to believe God. Where has faith gone in the church today? Where has, where has contention? We have failed to contend for, for miracles. And I'm going to ask you in just a couple of moments, we're going to worship right now. But as we worship, I want you to believe God for miracles and healing. For your body, I want you to, I want you to contend for miracles. I, I mean, Ray's mom, I don't know if she still has, her mom, I had a word of knowledge about two months ago of, of people getting healed from arthritis during worship. I prayed for her. Her pain has, conti has continuously been gone since two months ago. She has no more pain in her hands. 
Someone from my own congregation. You know why? Because she responded. If you sit there and say, well, I've already done this. I already prayed. Then I love you, but you're probably not going to get a breakthrough. You need to say, no, this is for me. That's why I give you all these scriptures. For you to believe again. For you to believe, no, this is not normal. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to receive my healing. Can I hear an amen? Lift up your hands right now to the Lord. Right now. Come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.